I'm Derek Thompson, longtime writer with The Atlantic magazine on tech, culture, and politics. There is a lot of noise out there, and my goal is to cut through the headlines, loud tweets, and hot takes in my new podcast, Plain English. I'll talk to some of the smartest people I know to give you clear viewpoints and memorable takeaways. Plain English starts November 16th. Listen for free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, Shoes? I'm sorry to do this again, but we just got to get out of the way. Oh, boy. The Miz oh boy. was on the Sports Gambling Podcast, and they asked him what NBA player would fare well, or what, what, sport, what sports figure would fare well in the WWE. Do you know what he said? What did he say? Draymond Green. Shocking. He's already, <laughs> he's already out there stomping people. Yes, yes, and, and cuts... Pretty damn good promos as well, apparently. Yeah, it's pretty good promos. I just think it's such... We've been over this before. I just think Draymond Green is like... a new class. Draymond, I'm disappointed in The Miz. And I say this as a big Miz fan. (laughs) I say this as somebody who defends The Miz more, I think, than just about anybody else. Not defend. He doesn't need my defending, but I'm a big Miz fan. Yeah. Who isn't? Miz, part of what makes The Miz so great is that he gets wrestling. Right, yes. a little bit yes. of that L.A. Night thing, little like he's very self-aware. You know, he's not getting. I think he knows about his, his place. He, he understands pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Draymond Green is like the non-wrestling fans' idea of what a wrestler would be. <laughs> you, you think know? it was a, it was a casual take? Is that what you're saying? I, th- I feel like it was, a, it was casual a casual take. take? Damn, man. maybe he's just not as much of a basketball fan, but he is, right? Damn. He likes the Cavs. I mean, he's a big Cavs guy. You know what I mean? He obviously made NBA celebrity game history with that half court buzzer beater that they're like, gonna show at every Cavs, WWE. Like I think a guy like Donovan Mitchell would be a better WWE wrestler than Draymond Green. I, man, listen, I'd, I'd have to deep dive a little bit. I'd even, I'd, I'd go as far as saying Rudy Gobert would make a great heel. Who would you rather, if you, you're, you're Triple H. Okay. You're hiring for developmental. Okay. Two guys walk in, walk into the trial. You can only take one. Okay. Victor Wimbignana or Scoot Henderson? <laughs> Unfortunately, as because I'm, I'm a big Scoot guy. I'm, I'm high on Scoot. I think the plays are in great. This shape. is, by the way, every basketball fan. Look, I'm not, I'm not, listen, I'm kind of <laughs> gonna make a zag here. Really high on the number two draft pick. I know, right? I'm really, <laughs> I'm really going out on a limb saying this guy's gonna be good. But I mean, I, I just think Victor Wembanyama's just size alone just gives him a skinny leg up. as he is. 
Yeah, I think I think that's the one thing we haven't had in pro wrestling yet, right? Like, what if what if we get like one long? Every giant has always been like massive, right? Like, what are we gonna get? Like El Gigante, one... we had one. It was El Gigante, and he had but, the airbrush muscles onto right, his body. It's the thing, though, right? El Gigante would stand next to like real NBA guys and be like, "Oh man, that guy's humongous," right? Like he's still kind of wide, even by like giant standards. But like, they had that other to... dude who was it? Was it Ron Reese who they had to wrap up like the mummy and call him the Yeti? Because he, the Yete, actually. Yeah, the Yete. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, listen, it's hard to say no to Wimbenyana's length. We need a skeletal. And by the way, a lot of people, if you're a basketball <laughs> fan and you're really enjoying this conversation, if you're not, I'm sorry. But if you're a basketball fan, you might be thinking Scoot Henderson and say, yeah, he's a little bit on the small side. No, this dude's a starting guard <laughs> in the NBA. He's 6'2. He's taller than all of your favorite wrestlers. See, right? that's, and he's, so that's my and thing. And he's built like a brick shit house. This guy, that is, this guy's got star power like crazy. Like, Scoot Henderson and, like, Shelton Benjamin could probably pass for, like, the same sort yes. of body type, right? So that's what you're thinking there. But I, I, I was saying just because I would take Victor Wembanyama just because we've never had, like, a giant skinny wrestler, right? <laughs> like, even, like, you, Giant Gonzalez was still you, kind of girthy. Pose. Do you remember when, do you remember Mil Mascaras or Mil Mascaras, Mil Mas- whatever, back this in the is, day? Uh, this is, uh, uh, not Andrade, Armando's. Not Armando's, Alberto Del Rio's father. Is that his father? Yeah, Mil Mascaras. I thought it was uncle. So. Well, anyway, uncle? yeah, you're probably right. Brian, you can look that up. Related. But yeah. Mil, he was one of the first big, uh, big lucha stars in America. Yeah. In in uh, the United States of America, there were big stars that were in that worked in California and some in Texas. But Mil, we you know, was worked around a lot. Um, and his thing was, he was the man of a million masks or whatever, right? Like you would like, you would yank his mask off and there'd be this <laughs> mask underneath, you know, it's very mm. frustrating. Yes. But he also had this move where he would just curl up into a ball. Like he would just, just like his back up, you know, like a fetal position. Okay. And you couldn't move him, right? <laughs> it was like the trick. It was like, even if he's getting beat, like you can't roll him over yeah. to pin him. Like you can't do anything with this. I feel like if you were booking Wimbanyana, you could do a version of this where it's like he can get beat up, but no matter where he is in the ring, he can get a hand or a foot on the rope, right? You can't, yeah. you can't pin this guy. He's like the plastic man, right? He could just like, just like you could be in the dead center of the ring and he can get a finger. That would that, be the like Ellis, eight foot what, wingspan. Wouldn't that be like the illest gimmick though? Like Victor Wimbanyama. So if I'm Triple H and I hire Victor Wimbanyama, right? I'd, I'd put him in the authority mm-hmm. and... I would make sure he's only in submission matches, right? Why is that? Because anytime you put him in any submission oh. hole, his wingspan is long enough to grab a rope somewhere. Mm-hmm. So he's he's never gonna lose unless he just yeah. beat him into submission. <laughs> which yeah. I, which he can also probably do. poke you in the eyes pretty effectively for no matter what hold you had him in. You oh, know? one thousand percent. He could have like if you put him in a full Nelson, like he can put you in like a rear chin lock at the same time <laughs> or something like that. That's how long. This guy is. Anyway, either of those guys better than Draymond Green. Sorry, Draymond. Yeah, yeah, that's a it's a very 2010s answer, bro. We gotta we gotta get with the times. <laughs> Go with the times, man. Oh, basketball and wrestling, you're good. Let's start the show. What's going on, Jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season One Champion Mike Lawrence. Husky Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WB superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. 
I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening to the And you're listening to the listening to You are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right, pal. How about yourself, man? Doing good. I feel bad. We talked a lot about, they talked about the top 10 wrestlers we never talked about last week. First of all, I've got a list of probably 10 wrestlers that I could, should have put on that list. Yeah. The top the top 10 wrestlers that didn't make the top 10 wrestlers we don't talk <laughs> about list. Um, apologies first and foremost to Killer Kelly and Masha Slamovich, who actually were on the first iteration of the list, which I just trashed at some point along the way. They should have been probably number two as a, if you put them as a tag teamer. You know, even if you split them up, they'd be way up there. But we talked about all these impact dudes, and there was an impact slam anniversary was this weekend. We didn't even mention it apparently oh on the podcast, gosh. but I watched it. So we'll talk about slam anniversary. Okay. Uh, what else? There was a big triple A card, right? That uh, yeah, triple mania, and, and yeah. we saw yeah, triple mania, yeah, and we saw um, the Vikingo versus Kenny Omega in a banger. There's also a QT Marshall Penta match, uh, <laughs> ambulance match. Uh, just the announcers going absolutely nuts when Aaron Solo came out of the ambulance with something I did not expect. But I guess they're over. And we had a big episode of SmackDown uh, with a really, really big promo. Let's and start a big with episode let's, of Collision, huh? And a big episode of Collision. I'm sorry, we had a, yeah. one of the ma- probably a match of the. This might be my match of the year. This is a yeah. this is a crazy, crazy potpourri, as they would say uh, in Jeopardy, of uh, of incredible wrestling. Shows, cards, matches, whatever on this weekend. Um, but at the top, let's do LA Knight. Yeah. So let's talk about the guy who didn't wrestle this week. <laughs> I was I didn't watch SmackDown Live. So th- all of the news that I was getting, I was a little bit perplexed. I was like, why are we just talking about LA Knight doing a promo? And then it turned out, oh, it's because he's one guy not wrestling. Like he just came out. They had so we're they're, to, they're being very sneaky with LA Knight. I did, I did, I, I didn't watch SmackDown Live, but I did catch this. Right? They initially announced uh, a series of fatal four-way matches okay. to determine who was the United States uh, title number one contender. Right? And they announced the first four, and then I think like two or three commercials down, they like promoted next week's SmackDown mm-hmm. and just flashed the graphic with four people on them, with LA Knight being one of them. Right? And it was very tactical what WWE did. LA Knight didn't come out until like the second to last segment, uh, right before the women's title match, the yeah. main event. It was it was trending towards there's no way they're gonna keep him off SmackDown two weeks in a row, right? Like, especially after last week, especially after the dark uh, you know, the the pre, I guess, SmackDown uh encounter with Hit Row uh, that mm-hmm. did like a zillion views. He kind of trended on social media with like this sort of Forrest Gump like, um, you know, he was everywhere and nowhere at the same time uh, sort of thing that's going on with L.A. Knight, formerly known as Eli Drake and mm-hmm. all types of commercials, reality shows, movie, B-movies, uh, random 2016 episodes of Impact Wrestling, all this type of shit. Yeah, And then he finally comes out, which, you know, I guess if you're... I guess if you're a, had local TV, you would see that he was, you know, promoted for next week. But if you hadn't seen that commercial, you would go in like maybe an hour into the show thinking, oh, my God, they're having this U.S. title sort of thing, whatever. And L.A. Knight's not even fucking involved. What are these people doing? 
So when his music hits, I mean, granted, he's already over his shit. Like, it, it was another genuine, like, oh, shit, he's here. He's here. It's L.A. Knight. And he just <laughs> and he just came and talked some shit, which was really, really good. And really lets you know that they know what they're doing with L.A. Knight. Like, they're not going to give... They know you're going to mm, jump all over it whenever they crown him with whatever it is, whether, whether it's a title run, uh, Royal Rumble win, any significant thing. So they're hanging it right in front of your face all night long, like a fuck, like chum to a dog until you finally come to it. And they're, and they were being, they were very fucking smart with how they used LA night this week. It was really good. I know I've told the story before, but there is that run, uh, in Brooklyn during the, during the rise of Daniel Ryan, the yes movement where they didn't come out. And the word I got from, the folks backstage was, oh, they were doing it deliberately just to keep building that heat. And everybody, even if you buy it, you're sort of like, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was the good execution of that. This was the this was the believable and the functional version of that, where you hold it, you hold them off, you hold them off, you hold them off, and then he comes out just basically to say, oh, these guys think they can hold me off. Yeah. And you're like, okay, now now we're in it. The whole crowd going nuts. Is it giving you yes movement vibes yet? Is it there or is he's it so are we still very early? Than, he's so different than Danielson, man. It's just like like it doesn't like no two wrestlers are the same, but some but you can different you can definitely categorize wrestlers, and I think you have to categorize a, a, a viral crowd responses according to the different kinds of wrestlers. You know, I mean, okay. Danielson was he was a person. The yes movement was the was the were chanting yes in the audience was like was how to say this it was like the extension it was like the metaphorical extension of what we loved about danielson the human being and the wrestler yeah right yeah this is la knight is different la knight is is he is a wrestler he's not a person he is a he is a character right but we love the character Mm-hmm. So we're, I feel like we're like, even though they're trying to hold him off TV and get this thing going, it's still like we're reacting to this wrestling story that we're being shown, right? Well, what's his story? I mean, I don't, I don't think. Well, I, 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 I'm I, doing a bad job of doing it, but he, they're just so different. It's like, we're not like. I'll it, tell you this. There was, I, 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 I told you I was in an old wrestling binge this week. I, I rarely just fucking dive into all WWE network shit. But that's mm-hmm. what I did this weekend. And I caught up, uh, you mentioned, I think it was Barclays Center, but it was leading up to SummerSlam when John Cena was just going to announce who, who he was going to wrestle for the title. Mm-hmm. And then he just matter-of-factly said, I choose Daniel Bryan. And the place loses their mind. And Daniel Bryan's like, oh, yeah. Buried in the in the crowd of all these wrestlers, fucking runs out, doing the yes chance, doing the yes chance in his face. And to me, that was like the beginning of Oh shit, they're really gonna go with this guy, right? Mm-hmm. I think with LA Knight, it's different because his story wasn't necessarily like as much as Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan was still made outside of um, you know, WWE, a lot of what made that yes movement something like yes started in WWE, mm-hmm. right? Whereas, yeah, and all the LA Knight, Eli Drake stuff was stuff you had to be paying attention to for the past, I don't know, eight, nine years to really get it. And in addition to that, the reason why he's going viral is because I think there's something about, you know, staying down until you come up 
that a lot of people really relate to him with, right? Like, it wasn't even so much the clips were making, like, there's 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 ways where, you know, people pull up old shit. We all know that. People can pull up old shit to make you look terrible, to make you look, oh, look how whack. This is the guy that they're pushing now. Oh, my God, this guy's whack. But I think it's kind of endeared himself to, like, the fan base more. So I think that's why it's a little different than Daniel Bryan, right? Like, I think everything that was leading up to, you know, these massive responses he got is stuff that started outside of WWE. Whereas the Yes movement was almost exclusively a WWE creation, right? Like, Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danison was over as a wrestler, but Yes, Yes, Yes was a WWE thing. Yeah. You're right. I think to me the distinction is this. Brian Danielson was actually being held down in WWE, right? He was being underbooked. He did, they did not see him as a main event guy. Mm. With LA Knight... Well, do you know? No, but it feels like this is the storyline. I mean, right? This is... They were, we're, it's... I don't know. I, I forgot who said this. I think it was... I, I think it was, I want to say it was Vince Buster. thought he was too old, or somebody thought he was too old when he first came up. That was the story. But that's just... First of all, that's just nonsense. Right, I mean, but it makes it makes for a great comeback story, doesn't it? It makes for it makes it's gonna play great in the documentary in like six months when they're doing like they when they're should. interviewing all the wrestlers. It and is like, true. Yeah, I thought it was old, but there is something to just being older. Being, I mean, all that stuff, all these clips that are coming up of him, all this funny stuff. Do you see the Eho del Trump? Yep, Eho de whatever <laughs> Trump gimmick yeah. that he was doing. Yeah, he was actually doing kind of a Trump impression. And, you know, wearing the wig and whatever else. I mean, this all goes to the L.A. night that we see today, right? This is a guy who's so self-aware, right? He under like he he takes pieces of things and he mashes them together. He's like a pastiche artist and he like turns it into an incredible package. But there's really something just to like work in the world, getting older and wiser. You know, I mean, you obviously have to be in front of a crowd some to see what works. But when we're talking about age. I mean, these dudes who weren't in WWE a lot of them don't have like the bump count that the WWE guys do, right? They're not working five days a week. No. So they're 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 probably they, they probably got a little bit more mileage on the tires. And um if you stay in shape anyway, and he's obviously in great shape. I don't know. I I I think it's it was funny, I was talking to Simmons about it, and he was just like, Is there is there any precedent for a guy being this over for the first kind of for the first time at this age? DDP, all right? Yeah, but but DDP was actually, well, I guess DDP was about the same age when he like won his first championship. Right. Okay. Like, but it's not like, but, but DDP started wrestling when he was 35 or, you know, whatever, like not, which seemed really old when I heard the story the first time. And now that I'm old as hell, it does. <laughs> now that I'm like, 35, I'm like, they, wait a minute. <laughs> he started at 35, man. If I started at 35, I'd be a main eventer right now. Um, <laughs> So I'll tell yeah, you but, this. You, you mentioned you mentioned watching Slammiversary this year this week. And uh-huh. uh, you know, people having different sort of bump counts. Uh, I didn't get to watch all of Slammiversary, but I did catch the intro video that they played uh-huh. uh before Slammiversary, and it was so well done. Yeah. Because it was literally like telling the story of the company. Mm-hmm. And basically saying, like, wrestlers from all over the world, whether they were established before and had to come come here to be found, or you were getting your first shot at it. And it was just such an ill montage of, like, literally anybody who's relevant right now has, like, passed through impact in some way, shape, or form. And it was, like, Cody Rhodes, Eddie Kingston, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, the Hardy Boys, Zelina Vega, the Young Bucks, uh... 
everybody. Uh, uh, Will Ospreay and uh, EC3, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, all these other people, obviously. But then, you know, they got the, the Eli Drake LA Knight part. And it's like, God damn, like, that, that era, that, like, 2016, 2015 era of Impact Wrestling, you know, we had that that episode a few weeks ago where, like, such and such uh, was a problem back then. Mm-hmm. You could do, <laughs> you might be able to do a whole thing just on 2016 Impact. We had oh. Co- Cody Rhodes, who was still the nightmare and mm-hmm. still using Kingdom for the first time. You had Drew Galloway, who was just becoming, like, a main eventer for the first time. You had Lashley, who was fucking unstoppable. You had Prime Perk Angle when he was still just doing just yep. the wildest shit. In matches, and then he got broken Matt Hardy, and then he got Eli Drake, and then he got prime EC3 when he was probably the hottest dude in wrestling. Like, I I mean, you know, uh, people were saying he was MJF before MJF, right? Like, it it was, it was really, it's really, it was really ill to see it put it in that sort of perspective and like seeing that, damn, these are the people that are currently right now doing it big. And I think LA Knight slash Eli Drake. It might be the biggest example of that, right? Like outside of Roman, who's more, who's more, who's more over than him? Uh, and Cody. <laughs> it's a short list. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, Get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Yeah, I mean, LA Knight's, LA Knight's one of one. 
right? Yeah. I mean, he's he's so always on. I mean, he's he's just so good. And to see him come out like that and cut the promo, I mean, okay, I just don't think no, he's not really being held back. He's only if he's being held back. I mean, there's a practical question of maybe he's like way more over than was on their timeline. But they don't let you don't get to go out and smack down pick up a microphone and say i'm coming for the u.s title unless they actually can envision you going for winning the u.s title yeah i think they they've they've realized how much it works to make people believe that we're holding a guy back right (laughs) like especially when the when the when the crowd reaction is so visceral every time he comes out like that's that's one thing they know how to do extremely well now obviously you hope fingers crossed, fingers crossed, fingers crossed, that, like, health holds up and there's no injuries that sort of sidetrack somebody's sort of momentum because it's very easy to just be like, well, just put, just pull the trigger on him now, you know what I mean? Because you never know. Like, he's already up well, there okay. in age, never know that, but... Basically, they have two options as far as I, as, as I can see it. Either mm-hmm. it's it's LA Knight versus Austin Theory at SummerSlam for the, for the U.S. title. Okay. Or you push it a little bit push it a little bit and you do LA Knight versus whoever. I mean, sorry, sorry. Uh, Austin Theory versus Santos Escobar for the US title at at uh, SummerSlam. But somehow the match still ends with LA Knight like, beating everybody up and celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So it's like you actually do, you either have LA Knight in that match, let him have his moment, or you push the storyline of him not getting a shot. You like, you know, punt a little bit, but let him have his big moment. It'll be even more impactful. It'll be like a bigger version of what happened on Friday. Yeah. And he comes out. and So we'll see. We'll see how much they want to play with it. Because sometimes that's really effective. Sometimes it's playing with fire. I think I think the best part about uh, the Logan Paul uh, LA Knight sort of interaction is that Austin Theory is kind of like a diet Logan Paul. And mm-hmm. like some of the stuff that Logan Paul said to uh, you know LA Knight Austin Theory could use, right? Like he could say, yeah. you know, you've been you've been you're an old man and you know, you and this guy's been given every opportunity. I think it just makes the most sense to pair them two together because they both need each other so much. And I wouldn't even pull the trigger on him getting the US title on his first shot, right? Like I think you you can I I personally believe you need to invest in Austin Theory just as much as you need to invest in the LA Knight. Sure. And I think the the heat that LA Knight gets, Austin Theory would benefit so much from because it would give people a reason to to give a fuck about Austin Theory. To be honest, right? Like mm-hmm. it would give him a big reason to give a fuck about him. So I don't think I think if he does win this Fatal Four Way and he does go on the SummerSlam to uh, face Austin Theory for the U.S. title, I don't think he should win. I think he should. I think they should drag it out maybe like a month or two, and you know really help elevate both people that way. Austin Theory's in such a weird spot. So weird. But like, how else, how else can you get people to give a fuck about him? Like, you had Cena. If you he, put him with Vince. You put him with Stone Cold Steve Austin. You put him with Pat McAfee. People still don't give a fuck. What if you put him, <laughs> what if you put him in a mask? Oh, God. Come to Patriot 2.0? No, put him it. in a mask and let him work <laughs> as a, let him work as a luchador on collision every Saturday night. Oh, God. If Austin Theory could- put on a mask and, 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 <laughs> And it was a luchador in a collision every week. They'd be like, oh my God, look at this young upstart. Just That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I don't know if you could do collision. Maybe could they lease him out? Could they could they lend him out to Impact? Just have him just working matches on Impact once a week or whatever. Just like, oh, look at who's this guy? Who's this guy? I mean, like if you, you know, mix up the moveset, then 
suddenly he unmasks and everyone's like, oh shit, I was cheering for Austin Theory. <laughs> we really liked him this whole time. Who knew? Um, yeah, no, it's, it's it's that's kind of the same thing that's happened. That with would him be incredible, his... though. That might be the only thing that could actually shock a wrestling fan in 2023 is if you were if you did kind of the ECW, you know. WWE like putting people in ECW thing where it's just like we're just going to lend you to the competition. Yeah. And then just and and somehow I don't know who I mean sure everybody says no. But that I mean, but if, if, wrestlers, it, if, wrestlers, if there was a wrestler out there that was really about that life and could get them unionized and say hey like technically you could only own my likeness. I could go put on a mask and call myself El Cielo Miero Punko yeah. and <laughs> literally go uh wrestling wwe because you don't own that license and i'm wearing a mask and you wouldn't know but you know you got tattoos and shit and people would know i feel like that's the that's why <laughs> you shouldn't get tattoos it. kids you can never pull a two promotion gimmick no if you, you got tattoos you can't doom it <laughs> that would but, it would be cool that you walk in with the luchador mask you're like no nah, i just am, i'm a hardcore lucha living the life like i don't take my mask off ever so yeah. like they can't and they're like they have you felt the paperwork and you just sign it with an x or you sign it like like El Fantastico or whatever. Or yeah. Yeah. No, no thumbprints because then they could catch you. They could. That's true. That is true. Uh, You'd be like MF Doom or something. Yeah. Or Akon. Akon did that too. Akon used to send his little brother to perform for him. Really? Yeah. Brother Boo, who was like. They uh, look just the same? They are They are spinning images of each other. He's a, he's a big. I don't know if he's still at Def Jam, but he was a big executive at Def Jam for a long time. With Kanye as well. But he's legitimately the spitting image of Akon and used to go and perform as him when he was double booked places, just like MF Doom. True story. Dude, Akon and Saddam Hussein, like just <laughs> body doubles left and right. Listen, motherfuckers demand to hear smack that at 1 a.m. in the morning. Who are they to deny that of that 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 moment? Smack yeah. that. Yeah. Body yep. doubles in wrestling a little bit harder to pull off. You one person can be two people, but two yeah. people can't really be one person except it except uh Sin Cara. But that this was pretty true. obvious. One of them had the big half sleeve. Um, and it wasn't nearly as agile. <laughs> no. Do you have a favorite Akon record, Dave? I don't have a favorite Akon record. What really? was the one? What was I don't know Akon. What was it? The the hip hop song where, where he was on. He there was some video where he was on a boat with like uh, Diddy or Jay Z. Oh, what was that? Is, you're talking about um, if you want, we're taking over. As yeah. we taking over one city at a time. I mean, you got locked up. You don't like locked up. Dude, I don't think I know any. I remember seeing an a seeing Akon on like the 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 highest grossing artist list like ten years ago, and I was just like, "What did he do?" Like, oh, I don't, dude, at I've one heard point, of everybody else. At one point, Akon had literally he was on a T Pain run of guest features, and he discovered Lady Gaga, which was his biggest. Oh. You know, I'm getting paid type of shit, and then like went and like created his own country in Africa or some shit. He's a wild man. What? Yeah, it's some real shit. Like some real like Wakanda level things going on in Africa with Akon and building electrical cities just off of uh, you know natural resources and stuff. It's real you sure shit. it's not his brother doing this? Nah, <laughs> his, bro his brother was very famously managing Kanye for a long time wow. and then yeah, these are my wow. rap days, ladies and gentlemen. People <laughs> who only know uh, me. I like to see Dustin Theory pull that off. <laughs> a, uh, all right, well, anyway. Yeah. Well, LA Knight's great. Austin Theory's great. What else from SmackDown? Jey Uso super kicked Paul Heyman. Now, this is a big moment. When Paul Heyman gets into the physicality, oh, yeah. you know that some checks are about to get cashed. Oh, yeah. Um, 
this is wild. I mean, he's just over. We're just setting up a real straight baby face versus dominant heel. Ma- I mean, match for SummerSlam. I still don't think he's going to win, but I still think if anybody's going to win, it might be him. Oh, man. I don't know, bro. Like, it is so dope to see Jey Uso, like, rise right now. I think SmackDown was... He ain't winning, man. (laughs) SmackDown was... If I was watching in a vacuum... Okay. We took... If I was in a coma, came back... Watch wrestling for the first time in five years or something. I would be like, "Damn, this Jey Uso guy." If all I saw was SmackDown, mm-hmm. damn this Jey Uso guy, he's got it, man. He's the coolest motherfucker on the roster. Yo. If I didn't know there was another Uso, um, not that there's anything wrong with having another Uso, but you know, um, too many. And this was the first thing I'd ever seen: is him standing out there kicking ass. By the way, do you see Umaga's kid is wrestling now? There's another Zilla, Umaga, Zilavatu. Yeah. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, the 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 Fatu, you know, annoy dynasty. They're like the Wayne's brothers, bro. Like they just we say this all the time. There's so many, just... there's an endless supply of them. I <clears> think <throat> that Solo was really Solo's gonna go down in history, if not for his own merits, because he's the one that I remember when he first popped up on NXT and I was just like, Well, that's nice of them to give him a job and all, but clearly yeah. we have enough members of this family on television. And I was wrong, and the whole world suddenly realized, oh, we can have an endless number of members of this family on television. Now all the Fatus and all the other federations around the country are trying to break their contracts and get over mm-hmm. here. You know, like it's just like there's I got all- I got a I got a hypothetical for you, Dave. A what? wild hypothetical. Do you think in is there a world or a universe where all the Anawais got together? And pulled some like Francis and Ganu PFL shit, and was like, "We're just gonna like have our own fucking wrestling company." And like all of the Samoans, all like the the Usos, Roman, Solo, is the Rock involved? Zilla, the Rock, yeah. I mean, it'll be like it'll be like Young. I don't know if you watched season two of Young Rock, but mm-hmm. he's basically like his mom was basically the the biggest promoter on, in, in Hawaii yeah. and all that type of stuff, like. You wouldn't. How much money would a a Samoan led, Roman led, you know, and Rock led promotion that is just like ran off of the Samoan dynasty? They're all on screen. Are they? They're all acknowledging they're members of the same family. Yes. They just yes. don't like each other at various times for various reasons. Yes. It just it's straight up lucha underground, but just the Samoan version, and like it's it's dynasty. It's a soap opera. I mean, but dude, like, you would have so much talent. I don't know. Roman's I mean, like, Roman's like, WWE can't pay me what I'm worth. I'm gonna go and start my own company, or I'm gonna, you know, get equity in my own company, and I'm taking my brothers and my cousins and my whole family with me. I Who says no? <laughs> what do you mean? What fan says no? What fan says no? I How does that? Awesome. Does that? Does that? Does an all Samoan wrestling company? Where does it rank in the North American wrestling companies between WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact? Well, T- yeah, I mean, there's so many. Un- I don't want to. I don't want to belabor the point. Any of the okay. points here. There's a lot of unknowns, and th- this completely made up W uh, wrestling company. If WWE <laughs> was just like, we'll give you the money to do it, you guys do whatever the hell you want. Here's like five hundred million dollars. You right. know, we share in the profits. Okay, and they had like that big investment and. 
and you know production side help and whatever else yeah they could be the number one they could be the number two three promotion overnight oh, dude there's a, you can pretend you can pretend the world where black adam did avengers numbers and the rock's like i'm just gonna fund this shit myself mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just the best thing would be if they shit. did it if it was all samoans and Sami Zayn, who they never <laughs> never acknowledge is not actually Samoan. they have to they have to like i mean it wouldn't you don't think at this point in time there's like an elite level bond between those five people after what mm-hmm. they've pulled off in the past two or three years. Like if some shit shook off and they were like, you know, who the, who the fuck knows where wrestling is going to be in two or three years with Endeavor buying WWE and, and likenesses and rights and AI and all that type of shit. Who's to say Roman, Paul Heyman, the Usos, Sami Zayn all say, you know what? We brought this company its highest, most profitable era in its entire history. And we only made this amount of money, right? You don't think there's a world where they just say, you know what? In two or three years, two or three or four years, we're just going to Francis Ngannou this shit to do nothing but super fights and wrestling, do four shows a year, but they all do fucking tribal chief numbers. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like doing that. Man, listen. Don't let my don't let my brain run away with ideas. I know it's it's, it's a way harder than it probably is. I'm imagining it in my mind, but I truly believe in all Samoan a Samoan founded wrestling company in 2023 or in 2025. This is the craziest idea I've ever had. I mean, <laughs> I thought two Usos were too many. We were going to do the whole whole promotion. It'll like be it'll be like they're in living Usos? color, bro. It'll be like they're in living color. You can do what you wanna do. Have N- Nia Jax pull up to Mina, <laughs> the Fly Girls, in living color. Who's that? <laughs> Who's the Jim Carrey of this promotion, though? That's the, is that Sammy, Sammy Zayn? Sammy's clearly the Jim Carrey of the promotion. Like, have that's... you? <laughs> your your daughter's not old enough yet. But when okay. was the last time you've watched Honey I Shrunk the Kids? Oh God, I I watched Honey I Shrunk the Kids when I was when I was when Jasmine was pregnant with the Ruby. That was the last oh. time I actually watched it. <laughs> This she loves so, 90s movies. We, 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 oh, great. Me too. Yeah, we we watch them over here all the time. Yeah. Uh, Matt Frewer, who's, who played Max Headroom later on, but is the neighbor in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Okay. Go back and watch that movie. It's He's so much like Jim Carrey that I'm fairly convinced that Jim Carrey was just doing the Matt Frewer gimmick for his entire career. <laughs> it's the it's the, yeah, the the facial expressions, the facial yeah, no, elasticity. He's animated. Yeah, it's not yeah. just it's not goofy. It's just he's just over the top, and it, he's like like Jim Carrey. Anyway, no one cares about this. Uh, <laughs> it's another nature voice, uh, you know, demolition style gimmick infringement situation. Uh, let's talk a little bit before we get to. Um, well, no, should we go in order? I don't know. Let's talk about Collision before we get to Impact. Okay. There's only one real thing to talk about here. Well, I guess we could talk about Ricky Starks beating CM Punk with the aid of the ropes and stealing. The Owen Hart Cup from uh, Jushin Jushin Liger Liger. flying all the way over here from Japan just to get curved. <laughs> that was actually listen. I'm not going to tell you. I, I don't want. I don't want to make too big a deal. This that was actually Austin Theory in that in that costume. <laughs> um, sources say um, it was a good move for Ricky Starks. Also, Ricky Starks is out there like this week saying I consider myself and CM Punk equals in the ring. So that was like, oh yeah, he's going to go over dirty. No, that I thought that was pretty cool. But man, Bullet Club Gold versus FDR wrestled for uh, you know what I about over an hour, two and a half days. Yeah, and it was <laughs> so good. Meltzer said 
that it was the best American tag team match ever on television. Now, I want to make sure the listeners and the people on this podcast understand when people like Meltzer say on television, they're very specifically talking about TV matches, like broadcast television matches, not things that you can watch on your television on a DVD or a streaming device. Um, it was really, really good. He said, I think that his bar, I read someone said on Reddit, but I remember him saying this. I think his, 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 maybe his previous top match would have been the Midnight Express versus the Fantastics. I believe that was a TV match. Uh, but he loves that match, loves that feud. So that, that's about where it would have gone back. It's un, um, it's unusual in this day and age for any record that old, unofficial even though it may be, to still be standing. This match was whatever was exceptional. We see a lot of big tag team matches. Obviously, FTR has has those Briscoes matches. There's there's been a lot in recent memory, but those aren't TV matches. But regardless, this is an epic match that was just on TV. They went for an hour. They made stars. I mean, Jay White walked out of that match despite losing being on the losing end looking like a super duper star ftr can't beat the dude that's a, that's a, that's a big thing it's old school booking and um man it was just so good it was so good i don't even know what to say he played they he did the he, he, he did the Shawn michaels gimmick that you know the whole <laughs> just taunting the canadian crowd stuff throughout the match doing the tuning up the band putting on the sharpshooter the match ended with FTR doing the double sharpshooter. Um, uh, I saw someone online, Reddit or Twitter, I don't remember pointing out that that when they had him in the double sharpshooter, that it's a it was a tiny thing, but like uh, Juice Robinson was 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 flailing with his hands, trying to get to Jay White's hands, so like so they could like keep each other from tapping, basically. Mm-hmm. But Jay White is like trying to do his own thing, like flip over, go over the ropes. Like it just shows the different mindsets. Um, it was just really well done, man. I can't, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. They, they legitimized the whole bullet club gold project in that match. Now they could just, you know, it's ephemeral. It could all go by the wayside next week or something, but man, it's, that was such, it was just such a fucking good match. Yeah. I think the best thing I loved about that match is that like sometimes two out of three falls matches play into each, each fall. Like, the first fall usually has to do with the second fall, has to do with the third fall. This match felt like three different matches, (laughs) right? Like, it it felt like each fall was given, like, proper time for them to be decided, right? Like, uh, the first fall, which was just a small misstep, a tiny misstep off of the big rig, which led into like uh, the switchblade freaking Sister Abigail combo with Jay White and and Juice Robinson, which mm-hmm. was so ill. And then you know the second fall, obviously, um, uh, Cash Wheeler with that huge just sort of combination just to get that victory and like the the amount of chops, like just the the tenderizing of like your body. Just, I don't know how you, cur- like, pr- like correctly angle your hand so it makes that specific sound. Oh, my gosh. But, like, Jay White has figured out the precise, acute angle <laughs> on how to get that shit to sound like a whip every time he does it. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, and that was going against Dax, who has probably some of the heaviest hands in pro wrestling, which is remarkable in itself. But you said it, man. Like, that was a Bret Hart tribute match. That was a Bret and Owen Hart tribute match. You know what I mean? Like, if you... The, the match was so good. I think that's what really kicked off my, like, weekend of just watching old school <laughs> Bret Hart and, you know, Shawn Michaels rivalries. Like, right after that, all Sunday, I just watched the entire lead-up to the Heart and Soul pay-per-view when oh, uh, yeah. Shawn Michaels was the special guest referee and the Hart Foundation was in heavy form and, you know, Bret uh, was hated everywhere except Canada and, like, every match. that like... Those matches were just unbelievable. And, um, man, it, it led me to... This is I'm sort of going off subject here, but back on subject because this is something that we should talk about that we didn't mention in the rundown. Um, so AEW put out these new sort of guidelines for their matches, which, you know, it, it consisted of just, you know. Wait, do you think they put out those guidelines just to just to take the... They oh, just, I, I, oh, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I, I love no, it. No, I don't. I don't it, hate it either. But then they had that. Then they had just like a match that seemed to break half the rules in that in this tag team match. Yeah. Right th- afterwards, <laughs> do you think they were trying to like lower the expectations for it so it could to over so it could overcompensate? Well, they said that it's not that you couldn't do them. They just had to be cleared, right? Right. And every AEW pay per view I've seen and one I've been to. You can tell that, like, some spots weren't really given credence to other spots in the match, right? Like, it just kind of felt like, like, you know, when you go to a party and the DJ plays, like, the hottest song out before mm-hmm. the main DJ gets there and you kind of ruin the set for him? It's like, happened, I know, that happens to me at least once a week. Go on. <laughs> so that, that's kind of, that's kind of, that's kind of why I'm not mad at it, right? Like, if it's going to be once a match, it gives you a, a reason to sort of look up to it. But I say all that to say, I was watching those old school uh, Raws, and I I think we need to, like, implement a new sort of way of rating wrestling matches because there needs to be a before headshot chairs and after headshot chairs movement. Like, I'm just watching a random episode of Raw, and it's like the, the dudes that we don't even mention anymore. It's like DOA versus Los Bariquas oh, versus, yeah. and a, and just the amount of just just random, just just nonsensical, just bashing your brains in the headshots. Oh that, yeah, that got no reaction. By the way, <laughs> like, that that was as as fundamental. No reaction. It's as funny. A you got You still got to earn it. It's still going to be thing. Wrestlers that people care about. I mean, I guess yeah. it's like a, it's like a, it's like creatine powder or whatever. It's like, yeah, you got to You still got to work out. You still got to earn it. You know, yes. it might, it might, it might help at five percent or something and, like that. And I feel like you, you got to rate matches on a different way now because those headshots almost take a mat. It, it takes the air out of people now. It's like yeah. it gives, it makes people gasp well, when you see that. Whereas back then, it's like, yo, look at these guys taking an unprotected hair to headshot. And a match that was what two stars to somebody, three stars that we don't even mention. You know, what I'm the headshots saying? are a funny thing now. I was thinking when you were talking about the chops, about Switchblade's chops. Yeah, because you know, there's like the, you do respect somebody. You have a lot of admiration for somebody when they get the chop just right, right? To make it look like it really hurts, but also just the noise. You know, I mean, the, remember Big Show would like shush the crowd before he did his little atomic chop or whatever. 
and we do a lot of guys do the do the slap in the thigh thing obviously it's different from just a chop but like for the pop sound but if somebody was like i, w- I was just trying to think through in my head if somebody was I, I, I mentioned the thigh because there's a weird there's a little bit of a stink on the thigh slap even though most people are okay with it i know some promoters have been against it for a while but you know it's a little bit too on the nose like you're just making this big noise with the, the most obvious way possible but the art of distracting from it's still kind of cool but if you if you found out that Jay White like was literally using a noisemaker in his tights to do the <laughs> chop sound, would you respect him less? Yes. <laughs> okay. So this, this is me. this. I'm gonna. I'm just correlating this to your, what you were just saying too. Are we at a point now where they could just if we just did chair shots with CGI, if somehow <laughs> they could do it in real time like green screen technology, would that be okay? Because we're not doing anything with chairs now in WWE no. that is interesting. No. It's just a signifier. When they do the thing now where they jab you in the stomach and they wait and then hit you lightly on the back, it is basically just holding up a cue card that says, imagine a 1997 chair <laughs> shot here. I feel like the only, the is, is, the, is the concerto the last, like, holy shit chair moment you can do? In WWE? Oh. Uh, I feel like the concerto was like the last bastion of Yeah, you, you, can, you, still, you can probably still head, you know, drop you somebody onto a chair or something. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It's tough. But man, like it was just those, those just pop right over the heads. They were just so fundamental. Mm-hmm. They were like, a, they were like a punch in the gut. Like they were just happened all the time. And I'm just like counting how many, I'm like, oh my God. So that's the argument against some of the, you know, it's not, I don't want to, this isn't an AEW specific thing, but it is part of like the rules that they put out that, you know, there's some dudes are going to bleed in every match and people complain about it. And there's a logic to the complaint, but there's also a lot, but there's also a logic. We're looking at you, John. Yeah. But dudes (laughs) like Flair were bleeding forever. Terry Funk bleeding all the time. Uh, You know, there's, there's precedent in the industry and it, it works. But yeah, in AEW, I think there was some repetition and that does take some of the some of the excitement off of it when you see the same stuff over and over again and also some of the high impact stuff you just got to get it cleared getting stuff cleared is a that's the sign of a maturing company yeah but i did feel like they that that stuff leaked out and then they went out and had this just like anything goes match that was just freaking awesome and there was a correlation there one of them caused the other i'm not sure which was which um but yeah it was i mean dude that was a hell of a match and i'm i'm Collision is now my favorite show. I love Collision, by the way. I, I don't know. I don't care what the ratings are doing. It just seems like such a different show from Dynamite. It feels, it feels like the best parts of WCW Saturday Night for me. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's just, it's gonna be incredible matchups. If, if Even the could... commentary, I like better than Dynamite. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a lot of they have good commentators all over the place now. It's crazy. Yeah. Um. Question, Brian, get on this too. If your work schedule, say you're working the nights at a, a Target, your work schedule only permits you to watch one pro wrestling show live every week. Which one is it? SmackDown. Kaz? SmackDown. SmackDown's my shit, man. Um... Very, very, very closely followed by AEW Collision. 
Maybe it's because it's Saturday. I just kind of enjoy watching Collision live more. Yeah, right? Like, Wednesdays. Fridays, but Fridays, I'm just not. I don't watch live a lot on Fridays. I'm just always. I go because, you know. You have end a up life. doing something with the family. <laughs> like, whatever. Yeah, it's just like, whatever. But, I don't know. And Raw is always good. I, I mean, I've been even even raw. I've I've found I can I can I can catch the highlights later. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like SmackDown's like no, man, yeah. It's... If my work only permits me to have one night off, I'm not spending three hours of it exactly. watching professional wrestling. <laughs> exactly the way the way our show was set up. It's it, it it leaves a perfect sort of like okay, I'll need to watch Raw. Like the Wednesday guys got it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all straight. Uh, but nah, anyway. like, I can't I can't miss Friday Night Usos, man. That's my right. shit. This tribal um, chief hours, man. <laughs> what else do we need to talk about? Trinity. Yes. Oh, let's talk about it. Friend let's of talk, the show. Let's talk Shout about Trinity. Well, here's a here here's a transition. Multiple, multiple friends of the show. Big weekend oh, for them. We Shout out Leo our, Rush. Friends are over there. All the homies won titles this weekend. Kenny King, your new digital media champion. Leo Rush, my guy, new X division champion. And of course, Trinity Fatu, the new Impact Women's Champion. All that the match homies. was good. That match uh, was a lot of fun. There are a bunch of good matches. We can run down the whole card. Alex Shelley beat Nick Aldis for the main title. And then, by the way, guys, people who should have been on the top 10 list last week, the returning, I mean, Josh Christopher was technically out of action, so I don't feel that bad about not including him, but he's back now. Uh, him versus Alex Shelley is going to be a banger. I mean, I just cannot wait. For that Nick Aldis is a free agent now, right? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, there's always been whispers about him coming to WWE, you know, here and there. He'd be interesting. He would actually be an interesting... Him and Cody would be interesting, right? They've wrestled before. They wrestled yeah. for the NWA title. But the, but the... Whatever. I mean, neither of those guys are... This is a whole separate conversation, but it's sort of the LA... The LA Knight question's built into it a little bit. There's the sort of... A lot of the... A lot of those high profile dudes who were never in WWE and never I mean up to a certain point those you know TNA dudes they're just not like crazy work rate guys right and there's an expectation there's such an expectation for work rate now that you got to just find the right matches for him but all this is a good wrestler he's a little bit older too and maybe the LA Knight experiment in some in some small part is proving that it's worth having 40 year olds signed off the street but oh. to me all this would be an interesting guy just to sort of sign as an NXT NXT talent, not on the way to the main roster, but hell, just let's have, have him hold it down there for a while, you know, let him be one of the old dudes. But I, I don't know. I feel like Impact is like, if NXT is like high school developmental, like Impact is like graduate school. Mm-hmm. It's like we're going to take some guys that have been around the block a little bit, we'll tighten them up for a little while. And, you know, the, the, the impact of WWE pipeline has been pretty tight recently, you know what I mean? And, it's, you know, if you're talking about Lashley, McIntyre, L.A. Knight, shoot. Those are three guys that were, you know, not, you know, fresh young pups, not wet behind the ears when they came back to WWE. And they've all done pretty well for themselves ever yep. since then. So, I mean, if Nick Aldis is one of those guys who's kind of held it, it's crazy how, like, out of all those guys, EC3 wasn't the dude who kind of blew up. Right, like it, it still it still boggles my mind that EC3 didn't blow up in WWE. He started his own company, man. Control your net. <laughs> Cyn Cyn was basically the prototype for the All Samoan Wrestling Federation <laughs> that you're trying to start. Yes, yes, uh, that's gonna do a zillion dollars. By the way, just doing all tribal chief all the time. <laughs> um, great slam anniversary card, top to bottom. Uh, 
what did I? I'm looking at the page through to see what oh, I love gosh. the most. Oh, I you mentioned you mentioned Chris Candy Bay. King. Joe, yeah. I, I just want to run through this in order real quick. Joe Hendry, I mean, not the whole thing. Joe Hendry has been a long time dude. I'm sort of low key invested in. Like I'm buying up some stock and not talking about it too much. Um, I don't really know. I don't really like. Sometimes I'm watching Joe Hendry and I'm just like, like I'm really enjoying this, but I'm probably not enjoying this as much as. Some people are. And then sometimes I'm watching, I think, I think I may be enjoying this way more than everybody else. I can't quite tell how much I'm, what, what the average, like, room, like temperature reading is on Hendry. Um, but damn, he's a lot of fun. He's really good. And, uh, and, and Kenny King was great in that match and, you know, worked the heel. I mean, he's, he's not a young pup anymore, but I love that a dude like him is still going strong. Oh, yeah. Tough um, enough forever, damn it! It was a great thing. <laughs> what was he on? Was he on the Bachelorette? He's on Tough Enough, also. And, no, and but the wasn't he on what? What he was on some dating? He was show. on. He was on the Bachelorette. Yeah, yeah. He was on the Bachelorette. When I when I hung out with him in Vegas, he was more known. He was getting bottles and tables for being part of the Bachelorette more than being, <laughs> you know, a, a champion, world champion wrestler. Well, so. then it, then he probably deserves the digital media championship. There you go. There you go. Uh, All about clicks and likes, baby. Uh, Kushida, who could definitely be on the top 10. He should definitely should be on the top 10 list of top 10 guys I didn't put on the top 10 list last week. Um, beat uh, Gresham and Alan Angels and Kevin Knight and and uh, Jake Something, who's also great. Uh, and then, oh, and Speedball Mike Bailey, guy who did make the list in the Ultimate X match. Um, that match was a lot of fun. Um, uh, a lot of people were passing around the the ultimate moon spot highlight highlight from uh from mike bailey online i mean and again kushida's another guy he put in his time he came over to wwe to work nxt just for the hell of it seemed like a nice fun thing to do i'm gonna move to a different country and try something and um and he's obviously you know worked with a lot of the impact guys for a long Mm -hmm. time but he's Mm -hmm. so he's so perfect for them and just gotta love to see that guy go over. He's so talented. He's so talented in so many ways. He's got the comedy and stuff down, but he's just such a good worker. Um, and then Killer Kelly and Masha Slamovich won the uh, knockout tag team titles. Those two are just the greatest two. I mean, I love them so much. I don't understand uh, anyone who doesn't agree with that. They're so freaking good. And then, oh, and then um, Eric Young. Who yes. word leaked out that he Showtime. was leaving, that he left WWE last week because mm. of moral issues of working with Vince McMahon. Which, if that's your thing, man, if that's honey, if even if that's not your thing, More good for you. to you, bro. Yeah, man's got to have a code. But then it came out, and then and then you know, twenty four hours later, he's the surprise tag team partner of Scott Demore with with against Diener and Bully Ray. Um, it's so funny, man. Like Impact. We got to find some impact diehards and talk to them on the show. Right. Right. Like, because I get impact gets such a fucking messed up rap, yo. Like, no, it's a good show. I think, I think to me, it's like there's just not a ton of people that watch it. So maybe it makes sense that they're all, that the people that do are diehards. Yeah. But I think, but that's to what me, makes it's it like good. if it's only that many people watching it, then like how many of those people could actually be the diehards? It's like when Eric Young comes out, how many of the people in the fans are like, I've been here every night for the past five years <laughs> waiting for Eric Young to come back. They're, they're still taping Nashville or are they in uh, Orlando now? 
Uh, Orlando, I think. I mean, you know, Orlando's kind of a hotbed of wrestling fans. I feel like there's some diehards in there. Definitely some. Yeah, yeah I've been here every, still waiting for Abyss. Nah. <laughs> so funny. Um, Triple, a, Triple Mania was this weekend as well. Kenny Omega yeah. by Kingo. El Helio had an incredible match. Uh, and, match. you know, but, but Kenny Omega didn't win, which is kind of surprising there. But, I mean, not really terribly surprising. But uh, I know Don Callis was attacked, apparently, after the No, match. that was fake, I think. Oh, it was fake? Well, oh, no, they no, got no, no, me. no. The story, the reporting wasn't fake. But I think it was a miscommunication. I think there was a some sort of... I, I didn't quite understand the clarification, but it seemed like it was a gimmick attack that then a reporter or someone in the room took too seriously and uh, got involved in. <laughs> and mm. then that ended up being reported as there was a real attack. Mm. I don't know. Love it. Kayfabe ain't dead, motherfuckers. Sometimes you got to fake some, some news stories and beat yeah. people up. <laughs> that match is ridiculous. I mean, you can go find clips of that on Twitter or whatever. I mean, the first clip that I saw of it before I sat down with the whole thing was like, Four and a half minutes long, or something. I mean, it was, there's just, yeah. and you're like, holy shit. And you're like, oh, wait, that was just the beginning of the clip. Yeah. Uh, it's, man, those two guys can go. I mean, and, and if Sonic the um, Hedgehog was a real person, it would be what, Vikingo. That's Vikingo, yes. <laughs> I think the best thing Same about their chemistry is that the respect that Omega had. I mean, when, when Kenny Omega respects you, you're, everything gets elevated to a whole different level because he's mm. just such a giving partner in the ring. Well, he's got to be, you know. Yeah. I mean, the way his style is, it, it, he's not the type of dude whose whose appeal is just coming into your territory and just beating the shit out of you. It's mm -hmm. like he's got to respect you. He's got to have that sort of trust in you to not just show up and just collect the check. I mean, he wants to go and put on a you know six star, seven star match for whatever company you're in to be the mm -hmm. best bout machine. So I mean, it says a lot about him. Uh, for for you know taking that L in Mexico. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's true. Uh, that's a hell of a match. Was there, oh, there, okay, we did we talked about Trinity enough? Did we talk about Leo Rush enough? What else from Impact? Trinity was, that was a hell of a match. I love the, I'm I love sure. the homage, love the homage to, to the hubby with the, yeah. with the offense and the Simone drop. I saw that running through the tweets uh, this week, but Great week for great week for for black wrestlers just overall, man. Like Willow Nightingale winning the Owen Hart Cup. Oh yeah, Trinity winning the Knockouts uh, Championship. Leo Rush winning the X Division title. Kenny King Digital Media Championship. You know what I mean? And uh, man, just really happy for Trinity, bro. Like you all, obviously, you know, folks who have listened to this show or been a part of this show came to Wally Mania this year and just saw. The, the amount of love that she got in that crowd and, you know, everything that she sort of been through with that company. And I think there was a story in the New York Post leading up to uh, Slammiversary just about, you know, the, the the type of support that she received uh, when leaving the company and I guess the lack thereof support as well. Um, it's just really cool to see that, man, because, you know, we put together a video before we even knew what she was doing with her career at Wally Mania mm -hmm. that sort of like summed up why she's so influential in women's wrestling uh, especially for black women and uh, and she's still going and she's probably just as good as she's ever been right now and you know if anything 
it, it, it should lead, and I think it will lead to just, you know, more notoriety for uh, for Impact Wrestling because, you know, we talk about it a lot, but, like, the LOL TNA stuff that happens online mm-hmm. uh, is, is sort of an unfair sort of uh, justification on on um on an entire company, uh, but you know she gives them a lot. She gives them a big push, and you know, uh, no disrespect to Deanna Perazzo, who's who's an excellent wrestler, but Trinity gives that division and specifically that company um, a bigger, uh, you know, it gives them a bigger uh, spotlight when she has the title. So um, I can't wait to see what she does with it. Um, it's, well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that, listen, she had a lot of, she, I don't know how many options she had, but I'm sure that's part of the negotiation when you come in, just like, I'm going to get the title, right? I'm going to be a main eventer, right? <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> so part of it, but, and then you, you win the title and I'm sure someone's, they're going to come to her in a couple months and just be like, listen, um, Mercedes is going to come in, but as part of the deal, she said she wants to run you over with a car and take the title. <laughs> it's like, okay, I guess this is what we do. Um, you gotta do what you, you gotta, you gotta get that. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, good for her. Really, really good for her. Um, uh, subculture, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster, who most wrestling fans have seen. The won Mandrews. The tag team titles. My guy. Shout out Mandrews. <laughs> uh, dude, there's just, there's just a lot of talent in pro wrestling. Ne- Isn't never it crazy? Been a better time to be a fan, bro. Never be got, a better time. You get the dudes in that X. I mean, I guess you know the the ultimate X match throughout history has never been light on you know dudes who you love to watch wrestling. But there's th- that match went deep. You know, I mean, uh, Saban and Rush are just like that's. I mean, and that's the X Division Championship match. But that's not the main event. Those two guys are like top notch dudes. You know, um, you got guys like Rich Swan just thrown in. Rich Swan and Sammy Callahan are like working as a tag team. Moose. And is working in that match as part of a tag team. Just like there's these are guys who are world champions in the recent memory, you know? And and um it's it, we got wrestling's fun, man. Wrestling is good. Um speaking of bad news uh, from the pro wrestling world, uh we got some injuries. Looks like Bailey got injured. Was that on a house show? It yeah. looked like it, yeah. But she but apparently she walked off under her own power. There was a, the X got thrown up. Could a wrestler get away with calling their finisher? Like throwing up the X or something like that. Just like <laughs> this is a real move that hurts. But it looks like she's gonna be okay. That being Bailey. Uh she Man, said she's gonna be so. okay. Oh gosh. Homeboy from Pretty Deadly got hurt. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, which which pretty deadly was hurt? I think it was the bl- was it the blonde one. Well, blonde that's one. not I was looking for a name, but thank you for that. The uh <laughs> it was Elton Prince. Yeah, Elton, Elton Prince. Prince, yeah. <laughs> but he's gonna he's gonna be out for a minute, right? Uh, apparently it looked like a separated shoulder, uh, by, by, uh, back body drop by Ridge Holland. Yeah. Um, he was kind of getting it online as well, uh, saying, you know, it was, this is the third person that was injured in the match with him, apparently. But who's the third? Uh, Johnny Gargano. Obviously Big E. What? Johnny Gargano. Oh, yeah. Got one. Got got it pretty bad, too. Um, That's always rough, man, because it's like, you know. That's it. He should call his move throwing up the X. (laughs) Be nice. What are you going to know? Be nice. I don't know. As wrestling fans, we're going to complain that this guy wrestles too hard, that this this guy does his job too well. You're supposed to be beating the other guy up here. He's a big Just because your backdrop doesn't hurt anybody. I don't know. Don't blame it on him. 
He might need to lower the torque on them belly to bellies, bro. Just just a little bit. Just get got to really get deep in there, man. Not flipping them high he's, enough. He's a big dude. Butch, gotta, by the way. Butch, by the way, we do talk about Butch a little bit. They call him felt, the mangy mutt now. But I <laughs> felt bad leaving him off the list. So he's number one on the top ten guys who didn't make the top ten guys we don't talk about list. Um yeah, Ridge Holland is good. Every t- do you ever? T- I don't know why this has happened to me with Ridge Holland like three different times, where I've like turned on a wrestling clip or an episode of SmackDown or whatever, and I just see him doing a move from behind, can't don't immediately place who it is, and I'm just like, I think I'm watching like a Triple H clip from like 2003 <laughs> or something. It's just he's he looks so much like a like a wrestler that I'm just like, who is this wrestler? Who is this giant wrestler? I feel, I feel like I should know him, and it's always Ridge Holland. Um. Yeah, Ridge will be okay. I think he's gonna he'll be fine. Oh, Shotzi. That's what we gotta mention. Shotzi, who apparently just got engaged, a lot going on. Her sister has cancer, and so in solidarity, Shotzi on TV shaved her head, um, and is, and that's awesome. I mean, for her to support her sister like that, but also to work that into the character, I think that'll be cool. Um. We didn't really talk about the women's title picture on SmackDown that much, but Mm-mm. the thing, I mean, I'm just, j- just scatter shooting here, but the Charlotte Bianca um, Oscar thing is just now I, somehow I'm just so invested in every single segment they do now. <laughs> is this just going to be, I mean, this is going to be like an all timer at SummerSlam if they keep going in this direction. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Bianca Charlotte, it was a match I always thought was WrestleMania worthy, but Mm -hmm. it just seems like we're either getting a triple threat or we're getting there closer uh, than we anticipated. But, you know, that those are the two, those, that, those are my two favorite women's wrestlers, just pound for pound, just as far as like athleticism and just, they're almost like mirror images of each other. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so, I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of Oscar sort of being a little bit cast by the wayside as these two are uh, going back. I don't and forth. know. It's not a terrible use of her. I mean, she worked a match, obviously, but but I kind of like her as she's more of a special attraction in some sense, right? She's got all these skills, but man, if you just like let her sort of hang back and then just come out and just put the icing on it or just pop up, you know, at the pay per view because she's the champ and she's like mm-hmm. such has such a cool entrance and everything. But just besides being an awesome worker. I think there's actually a right way to book her that has less of her on TV, but that's not exactly what they're doing here. So I kind of take your point. Um, speaking of Bianca, her husband, um, I guess we got to get out of here soon. Her husband uh, and his tag team partner, the Street Profits, were bound in the parking lot waiting for front of the show Bobby Lashley to roll oh, up in, yeah. his, in his limo. And they got in. What do you what are we to make of this? It's the niggas. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm excited, man. Uh, Bobby, I haven't heard from him since February-ish. Mm-hmm. Street Profits. Um, I think it's a smooth way of keeping them together while they can both sort of still have individual um, individual goals mm-hmm. as well. But I, <laughs> gotta admit, man. The, uh, my eyebrow raises a little bit once all the once all the black folks start getting put in groups together. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and I'm not, and I don't hate it because you know I haven't we haven't seen Lashley in a while, and I mean it seems like 
gosh, the Hurt Business is one of, you know, I hate, I'm never going to be one of those guys like, oh my God, how did they fumble that? Da, da, da. But I mean, man, was the Hurt Business just so popping at one point in time, you know, during a time that where they really needed mm-hmm. people, you know what I mean, during the pandemic to, to really step up and, and they sure as hell did. Um, I don't know if this is a new version of that. I don't know if uh, it's going to be a, a, an expanded version of the Hurt Business, but y- you had my curiosity, but okay. now you have my attention, Bobby. Let me just Montez. make the one, the 20-second argument. This isn't even devil's advocate, but let me just say this. The Hurt Business has been closed for business for how long? <laughs> At least two years. Why At isn't least. Bobby Lashley joining the Street Profits? Why are they joining a thing <laughs> that doesn't exist anymore? Well, here's the thing. If you have a if you have a limo, you got oh, to call the yeah. shots. Yeah, like once you like wrestling rules one hundred and one. If you own the limo, you get to name the faction. So like you know, if they pull up and you have the longs. Oh, I wonder who this. But is. But do you think is it? Anymore. So does that mean that MVP's back? I don't know. Big Omos I mean, joining the crew. Haven't heard from MVP. Haven't heard from Omos. Haven't you heard. You talked to him at Rosenberg's wedding. You didn't. You didn't ask him if. Oh, the hurt- we did. We had. A, we did speak a lot. A lot about uh, business, but no, nothing, nothing that I know of. No, but I'm interested. It's very intriguing to say the least to see where where this is going to go. They are free agents. They are free. They are free agents. One of the free agents. Oh well, shit, shit, (laughs) shit. (laughs) Have you seen the meme, Brian? I know you've seen the meme. All the black. Yeah, the (laughs) when like you know. Wrestling fan, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what what corner of of wrestling Twitter you you occupy, Dave. But uh, there's definitely a lot of black wrestling Twitter vibes when they when they got along. And there's a meme that's going around with literally every black person <laughs> in the same stable because yeah. it just felt for the longest time before the hurt business was even uh, before the hurt business was even formulated. Anytime you see two or three black people together on WWE TV, it's like, oh, they're about to reform the nation. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's about to be a new nation. Like when Kofi Woods and E was together, oh, it's about to be a new nation of domination. It's like, can we, can we, can we not? Like, you know, like as much as I love my black wrestlers on TV, you know what I'm saying? I gotta say, I do approach each instance with a little bit of trepidation. <laughs> because <laughs> because there's been so many times where I'm just like I want to love this I'm supposed to love yeah. this I'm not even gonna I'm, I love it so much I will keep my mouth shut when something is ass or something doesn't mm-hmm. go or something isn't written properly or anything like that but man it is difficult there's a lot of missing black folks on TV mm-hmm. I'm at the point where I wouldn't even be mad if they all was just like you know what Apollo, MVP, Tamario, Omas, uh, Byron Saxton, um, God damn, Kofi Woods. <laughs> all just link up. MVP Alicia Fox, what's she doing? That's God. Big Show now. She was Tavia. Everybody. God damn. Just get all the niggas. Let's get it. Just, just one time. Just, just, just one time. Just for my own 
just for my own personal enjoyment. Let's just let's just all just link up just one time. And you know what? I promise you, I'll put I'll put as my I'm I'm putting my foot forward right now. If Lashley and the Street Profits getting together is the beginning of the long rumored black wrestling Twitter faction where all the black people just get together, <laughs> you will never hear a negative word about it from me <laughs> on this show. I'll use every single stitch of my wrestling Dude. influence. And I just the little I have. all the matches. <laughs> we have, we have Asia <laughs> ref all the matches. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what it is. I'm supporting it. This I am is, supporting uh, one zillion percent. And I support you in feeling that way. <laughs> you better. I you got better, Dave. <laughs> this is listen, this is the same way that I feel about bald white guys. So like I'm, you know, I'm the one over here is just like, where are the good brothers? It's been six months, man. Oh, but you know what? Gosh. We got I had Steve Austin. I had Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I, I, like, we're good. Okay. You got Sam I'm, not, Roberts. Not, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I got <laughs> Sam Roberts. Got a lot um, of bald bearded guys, man. I've had a yeah. good run. I've had a very good run. Yeah, that's but why man. I kind of turned on Killer Cross or Carrion Cross. Remember after the when I interviewed you? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. thought yeah, you were was, one of us, man. He was faking the funk, man. This motherfucker got a whole beautiful head of hair. <laughs> no idea. It's okay. I'm just damn. doing some acting. You know, I'm making movies hey, now. I got hair. <laughs> it was so nice about it. He it was. was. He, got to, man. he was like, I didn't even know there was a bald community. Well. <laughs> Welcome to the internet, man. There's a community for everything. Now he knows. Now he knows. God damn. Uh, well, good. I'm glad that we. I'm glad that we um, were able to get all that out. Um, anything else? Anything else on the list? Did we get through all the injuries? Mm-hmm. All the news did. bites. Uh, what do we got on Raw tonight? Oh, Brock's back. Brock's mm-hmm. gonna answer Cody's challenge or answer Cody's statement. Challenge, I guess. That'd be great if he said no thanks and really meant it. <laughs> Brock's just like, I'm just here for catering. Uh, Got women's tag title match. Oh, that's right. Right. Should we go on? Oh, yeah. They've got a lot of stuff announced. We saw that little thing where it's like they're, we've been talking about it since way before this news story, but they've, uh, they're over promising to sort of minimize the impact that Vince McMahon's edits can have on the script. (laughs) Brock Lesnar returns to answer Cody Rhodes' SummerSlam challenge. Chelsea Green and Tony DeVille going up against Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez for the WWE Women's Tag Championships. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alpha Academy and the Viking Raiders in a Viking Rules match, which we all know and love. And then Gunther (laughs) and Matt Riddle are fighting with the rest of Imperium barred from ringside. So that should be interesting. Should be interesting. Oh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Judgment Day. Which of the Judgment Day? All of the Judgment Day? When they say Judgment Day, who do we presume? <laughs> I would say... I would say uh, Finn and uh, Damien. If I had to take a guess. I agree. I think Finn and Damien, they still got some things to work out together, especially as Mr. Money. Well, I got to get out of here, guys. We'll look Let's forward roll. to it. Thank you so much, Kaz. You want to get your plugs in? Uh, same thing as always. Catch me on uh, Count It, Points Bet USA, talking all things basketball. Catch me on uh, Ultimate Show, all things WWE Network on Peacock. And uh, my podcast, Say Hello to Cats, Lil' Rosie. We'll be back very, very soon. I promise y'all. Uh, but that's it. You can find me here. You can find me on the Press Box. Be sure to listen to all the great shows on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. The Masked Man Show with Kaz. Wednesday Worldwide with, with the Brian Waters, Ben Cruz, and Cal. Uh, and, of course... Cheap Pete with Peter Roseburg, Stack Guy Greg, Dip, 
uh, Peter's Friday something. We got lots of good shows. Thank you, as always, to Super Producer Brian Waters for recording this episode uh, and for contributing. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Apologies, as always, to John Moxley. We'll see you back here on Thursday, humanoids. Peace.